Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 17th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1091 to 1103 of the Catechism. 3. The Holy Spirit and the Church in the Liturgy. 1091. In the Liturgy, the Holy Spirit is teacher of the faith of the people of God and artisan of God's masterpieces the sacraments of the new covenant. The desire and work of the Spirit in the heart of the Church is that we may live from the life of the risen Christ when the Spirit encounters in us the response of faith which he has aroused in us. He brings about genuine cooperation. Through it, the liturgy becomes the common work of the Holy Spirit and the Church. 10.92 In the sacramental dispensation, Of Christ's mystery, the Holy Spirit acts in the same way as at other times in the economy of salvation. He prepares the Church to encounter her Lord. He recalls and makes Christ manifest to the faith of the assembly. By his transforming power, he makes the mystery of Christ present here and now. Finally, the Spirit of communion unites the Church to the life and mission of Christ. The Holy Spirit prepares for the reception of Christ. 1093. In the sacramental economy, the Holy Spirit fulfills what was prefigured since the Old Covenant. Since Christ's Church was prepared in marvellous fashion in the history of the people of Israel and in the Old Covenant, the Church's liturgy has retained certain elements of worship of the Old Covenant as integral and irreplaceable, adopting them as her own, notably reading the Old Testament, praying the Psalms, above all recalling the saving events and significant realities which have found their fulfilment in the mystery of Christ, promise and covenant, exodus and Passover, kingdom and temple, exile and return. 1094. It is on this harmony of the two testaments that the Paschal Catechesis of the Lord is built, and then that of the Apostles and the Fathers of the Church. This catechesis unveils what lay hidden under the letter of the Old Testament. The mystery of Christ, it is called typological because it reveals the newness of Christ on the basis of figures or types which announce him in the deeds, words and symbols of the First Covenant. By this rereading in the Spirit of Truth, starting from Christ, The figures are unveiled, thus the flood and Noah's ark prefigured salvation by baptism, as did the cloud and the crossing of the Red Sea. Water from the rock was the figure of the spiritual gifts of Christ, and man in the desert prefigured the Eucharist, the true bread from heaven. 1095. For this reason, the Church, especially during Advent and Lent, and above all at the Easter Vigil, Rereads and relives the great events of salvation, of salvation history, in the today of her liturgy. But this also demands that catechesis help the faithful to open themselves to the spiritual understanding of the economy of salvation as the Church's liturgy reveals it and enables us to live it. 1096. Jewish Liturgy and Christian Liturgy. A better knowledge of the Jewish people's faith and religious life, as professed and lived even now, 
can help our better understanding of certain aspects of Christian liturgy. For both Jews and Christians, sacred scripture is an essential part of their respective liturgies. In the proclamation of the word of God, the response to this word, prayer of praise and intercession for the living and the dead, and the invocation of God's mercy, in its characteristic structure, the liturgy of the word originates in Jewish prayer. The liturgy of the hours and other liturgical texts and formularies, as well as those of our most venerable prayers, including the Lord's Prayer, have parallels in Jewish prayer. The Eucharistic prayers also draw their inspiration from the Jewish tradition, the relationship between Jewish liturgy and Christian liturgy, but also their differences in content are particularly evident in the great feasts of the liturgical year, such as Passover. Christians and Jews both celebrate the Passover. For for Jews, it is the Passover of history, tending towards the future. For Christians, it is the Passover fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Christ, though always in the expectation of its definitive consummation. 1097. In the Liturgy of the New Covenant, every liturgical action, especially the celebration of the Eucharist and the sacraments, is an encounter between Christ and the Church. The liturgical assembly derives its unity from the communion of the Holy Spirit who gathers the children of God into the one body of Christ. This assembly transcends racial, cultural, social, indeed all human affinities. 1098. The assembly should prepare itself to encounter its Lord and to become a people well disposed. The preparation of hearts is the joint work of the Holy Spirit and the assembly, especially of its ministers. The grace of the Holy Spirit seeks to awaken faith, conversion of heart and adherence to the Father's will. These dispositions are the precondition both for the reception of other graces conferred in the celebration itself and the fruits of new life, which the celebration is intended to produce afterward. The Holy Spirit recalls the mystery of Christ. 1099. The Spirit and the Church cooperate to manifest Christ and his work of salvation in the liturgy. Primarily in the Eucharist and by analogy in the other sacraments, the liturgy is the memorial of the mystery of salvation. The Holy Spirit is the Church's living memory. 1100. The Word of God. The Holy Spirit first recalls the meaning of the salvation event to the liturgical assembly by giving life to the word of God, which is proclaimed so that it may be received and lived. In the celebration of the liturgy, sacred scripture is extremely important. From it come the lessons that are read and explained in the homily and the psalms that are sung. It is from the scriptures that the prayers, collects and hymns draw their inspiration and their force and that actions and signs derive their meaning. 1101. The Holy Spirit gives a spiritual understanding of the Word of God to those who read or hear it, according to the disposition of their hearts. By means of the words, actions and symbols that form the structure of a celebration, the Spirit puts both the faithful and the ministers into a living relationship with Christ. The Word and the image of the Father so that they can live out the meaning of what they hear, contemplate and do in the celebration. 11.02. By the saving word of God, faith is nourished in the hearts of believers. 
By this faith, then, the congregation of the faithful begins and grows. The proclamation does not stop with the teaching. It elicits the response of faith as consent and commitment, directed at the covenant between God and his people. Once again, it is the Holy Spirit who gives the grace of faith, strengthens it, and makes it grow in the community. The liturgical assembly is, first of all, a communion of in faith. 1103, anamnesis. The liturgical celebrations always refers to God's saving interventions in history. The economy of revelation is realised by deeds and words which are intrinsically bound up with each other. The words for their part proclaim the works and bring to light the mystery they contain. In the liturgy of the word, the Holy Spirit recalls to the assembly all that Christ has done for us. In keeping with the nature of liturgical actions and ritual traditions of the churches, the celebration makes a remembrance of the marvellous works of God in an anamnesis which may be more or less developed. The Holy Spirit, who thus awakens the memory of the church, then inspires thanksgiving and praise. Doxology. Very well, so this section continues uh, with the, 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 the liturgy, how the Holy Spirit is present in the liturgy. And um, again, this, um, this um, role of the church as continuing in the traditions of Israel, in the traditions of the Jewish people, it's very important to, to never to forget that Christianity owes so much to the Jewish faith. So much of what we do rests on the shoulders of the giants that were the Jews. That so much of what we do, so much of what we say, so much of what we celebrate, so much of our theology, well over half the Bible, is already in the Jewish experience. And that this passes over into Christianity, including the liturgy. That so much from the liturgy owes, its, um, owes itself to the, to the Jewish experience and that this is what we are... Uh, invited to invited to, to participate in and then the other thing the other section that we were reading today is this this understanding of the liturgy as being a meeting with Christ an encounter between Christ and his church every liturgical action is an action of the church not of the individual and when liturgy is performed there is a meeting between Christ and his church and this is precisely what we're invited to, to meet Christ. That this anamnesis that I was speaking at at the end, anamnesis is a word that means remembrance. But it's a remembrance that doesn't just remember. I mean, you can remember, I don't know, a party you went to a couple of weeks ago. Lovely. You can remember things of the past. But this is a remembrance where the thing that you're remembering becomes present through this remembering. This is, as we were looking yesterday, the same as the Paschal Mystery can kind of break down the walls of history and become really present today. The same way that by this memory, this liturgical memory, that we are we're sucked in to the events of God. That we're really there. You know, so often we think, if I had been there when Jesus was on earth, and no, in the liturgy, we're just as present to the Lord as Simon Peter was. Just as present. There is no difference. 
And again, there's no guarantee because the apostles had their doubts, the apostles had their problems, the apostles made their mistakes, the apostles committed their sins, but that they were really present in front of the Lord. And through the liturgy, we too can be really present in front of God. And this is what we're invited to celebrate in this. So this is what the, um, this is what the liturgy is doing. This is the, the great invitation that is made to us. To be present to the Lord, to see that he is there in this encounter. He is there to meet us. He's there to greet us. He's there to help us. He's there to take care of us. He's there to, to accompany us. But that we have to want this meeting. We have to want this encounter. And so we can continue tomorrow uh, seeing how this is, how, how the Holy Spirit makes this real in the church. So tomorrow we'll continue and we'll look at 1104 through 1109. God bless.